Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue and Chris is here to answer any of your questions, whether that is babies not settling or toddlers throwing food or having behavioural challenges that you just need a little bit of guidance on, Chris is here to help. So if you're watching us live via the Facebook um, video, you can pop your questions below in the comments section. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And finally, we do have a group, a Facebook helpline group. Uh, the links will be below. You can ask your questions there as well. So let's get cracking. How are you, Crystal? I'm really well. <laughs> Forget to say hello. Isn't that rude? Uh, let's get cracking with this question from Alicia from our helpline group. She says, hi, Chris. My almost two-year-old son has recently stopped talking. He has a total of six words currently, but added no more since 18 months old. He communicates through grunts now only. He will point and grunt or give you something and grunt. I always talk to him and he we read loads of books his receptive language is fab fabulous he understands everything you say to him and follows age-appropriate instructions really well there is a history of language delay on my husband's side so it's something that is always in the back of my mind I on the other hand could talk underwater from a young age <laughs> this is all uncharted territory for me at what age does lack of speech become a problem any advice is appreciated. Thank you. Look, I think this is a really difficult one because children develop at different ages and stages. And some children might only have six words, but they can say really complex words like flower, like multiple syllables. And other kids, you know, they take quite a long time. I think the thing about this was he has six words and now he's using grunting. So the two things I would look at is, are we anticipating his answer? And we're just accepting sound as an answer or are we trying to get him to use a word to describe something towards what it is that um, is happening for him? So if he, you know, wants a biscuit that he's not just grunting at the cupboard and we start to encourage him, show mummy what you want what, and repeat the word and all that. Now, if you've done that for a little while and you're only getting grunting, then I think it's probably time to go and see someone and have an assessment done because they'll just probably show you ways to get the language going. And mm. that's probably all it is, is just, you know, finding that little trigger thing that just gets his language going. So um, try and encourage him to use the words that he has all the time and then get an assessment done through a speech pathologist and your GP can do a referral, your early childhood centre sister can do a referral and they'll get you into the people that you need to get into. Yes and I should also mention here that uh, the Babyology Parent School has a Get Talking program with speech and language yeah. pathologist Sonia Bestulik. Um, so we'll put links in the notes of yeah, this episode if you want to go on and have a look there for any answers you can also book a session with Sonia I understand our next question comes from Nita in our helpline group she says hi Chris my 16 month old has transitioned to one nap about one month ago but his one nap doesn't seem long enough he wakes between 6 6 30 a.m and we put him down around 12 p.m after his lunch but he only sleeps around one hour 20 minutes on average rarely we can settle him back down but he's often too awake to go back to sleep is this enough sleep? What can we do to stretch the nap closer to two hours? His bedtime is around 7 p.m. 
Um, it depends on what he was doing prior to you moving him to one sleep. So if he was only getting an hour and 20 minutes divided by two sleeps, then that's probably all he's going to do. So that's one thing, is this all he's ever done? The second thing is um, for some little ones, if you put them down too late, they don't sleep as long. So I would probably, if you have only just transitioned him to one sleep, I'd put him down at 11.30 and see if he can get more sleep and make sure that you adjust the end of the day. So if he's only having an hour and a half sleep from 12 to 1.30, I think I'd have this little one in bed closer to 6.30 than closer to 7, just so he's not getting overtired. Um, so it's probably more about managing the day um, more than anything, but try putting him down at 11.30 and see if it makes a difference. Yeah, good luck. This question comes from Erica on our email. She says, my week old baby will not sleep in her bassinet at night. She self settles during the day in it, but come nighttime, she cries and cries as soon as she gets put in her um as soon as she gets put in after a feed, rocking, hand on her chest and shushing don't work and she ends up only sleeping on my chest or in bed. She's very unsettled from the 9pm feed and skips sleeps at this time. She will sleep anywhere but her bassinet at night. It's strange. Please help. You'll be glad to know, um, Erica, it's not strange at all. It's actually what we would think that they would be doing. She's only a week old. So she is a tiny little bubba and she needs us to help her go to sleep. So she's doing really well in the day. We see this very common where they sleep really deep sleeps in the day. and But it's not unusual for them to be awake for up to four or five hours where they need you to physically hold them to keep them asleep between those feeds. And this behavior can carry on for a about three weeks before they start to turn that sequencing around or start turning that sequencing around. So she might feed a bit more frequently um, called cluster feeding. She might feed every two, two and a half hours and she might need us to hold her in between to get some sleep to feed really well. The period though usually only crosses about five six hours so hopefully what she'll start doing is if it starts at nine by three in the morning we start to get her into that bed remember for them to be able to settle at this age they need that calm quiet body excuse me calm quiet body arms to the body um, so wrapping cuddling cuddling doesn't matter if she falls asleep and then once you put her in do exactly what you've been doing hand on a chest shushing and rocking and see if that just builds up over the next few weeks I know it's really hard at a week in but it's m the most common time that this would happen yeah good luck Erica this is still very fresh yeah one week old. she's only a little tiny bubba yes very small this question comes from Megan in our helpline group <laughs> Hi, just wondering at what point we should worry about green snotty noses in babies. My almost 12-month-old seems to have had constant streaming green boogers for a good few weeks now. It started as a cold and blocked nose. It doesn't seem to bother her too much, no temperatures, except for getting a sore nose. As we keep wiping it, we lather on the pawpaw ointment to help with this. Is there anything to watch out for or is it normal to have green snot for this long? Thanks for any advice. 
So when they have greeny run, green runny noses, it usually is a mild infection. So I would think, even though it's been going on for a while, it's just probably one infection just going through and I just keep wiping away the green snotty nose until... So much fun. Yeah, and they hate <laughs> it. So they, you know, they know you come in with the tissue. Yeah. So I think in this case, um, sure, you can go to the doctor's but I don't think they would do anything for it just to have a generally check that nothing else is going on. But generally I think she's probably just getting one long little infection after the other. So if it really has gone on for a good few weeks, you can certainly go and speak to your GP next time you're in there. She's 12 months old. So she'll be going for injection soon. Um, and otherwise I'd keep up the pawpaw cream and keep wiping that nose down. Mm, yeah. Gosh, it's fun whether that age. Yeah, it seems to roll from one onto the next, onto the next. Yeah. And, yeah. I, got, I remember my son for the entire first year of his life had his a nose runny ran. nose. Yeah. And then it stopped. Mm, that's all right. It just went well, away. It build, builds up immunity and gets yeah. better. He had an older sister who was bringing everything home. So <laughs> You did. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Poor Arlo. Uh, this question comes from Gemma on Facebook. Um, my 15-week-old started waking every two and a half hours overnight and wants a full feed every time. How long can I expect this to last from a tired mum? Oh. I bet you are, Gemma. 15 weeks. So that's like just shy, must be three and a half months old. So what happens in this window is they become more awake, more aware. And um, if we feed them full feeds all night, what usually happens and what the parent will notice is that during the day, the feeds aren't quite as good. So this is a tough one, but we've got to try and turn it around so that they're feeding much better in the day. So I assume that in the day you're feeding about every three, three and a half, four hourly, um, and that we've got to develop a pattern of those being the better feeds. So what we're going to do at night is say you've fed and the baby's in bed by 7, 7.30 and the next feed feels like 10 o'clock, try to resettle in that first one and push it out by a little bit and then fully feed. And then the ne if they wake again under three hours, try and resettle a little bit and then feed. And you're slowly going to push those feeds out. So um, the trick to this is, is working out whether they're fully feeding in the day. So if they're fully feeding in the day and fully feeding at night, you could go and have a look at what your supply is doing. So weigh the baby, look at the type of feeding it's doing. Um, but ideally what you'll probably find is they're having great big feeds overnight and not feeding as, as well in the day. So we've got to change that pattern around. So the other um, place to maybe try is your local breastfeeding clinic. They might be able to help you turn that pattern around. So I would think he would be more on or three and a half, three and a half months, more between just dropping down to about two feeds overnight, like one before midnight, one after midnight, not as frequently as every two and a half hours. That's a lot of feeding. Mm, yeah. Yes. So good luck. You can't, the point is that you can turn it around. Yeah, you Gemma. can turn it around. Absolutely. Yeah. Good luck. This one is from Nick from our Facebook inbox. He said, she says, I'm a single mum and work shift work. When my five-year-old is with her grandparents or babysitter, she goes to bed fine. When I'm home to put her to bed, she will not settle for up to three hours, even though we follow the same routine at the same times. 
any advice on getting her to settle for me? Oh, I think this is really common with any child that works that out really quickly. And I think all she's doing is wanting a bit more time with you. So this is really hard because you're so split in so many different ways. So depending on those days where um, you're at home with her, in that rundown to bedtime is to slow all of those um, changes around. So dinner a bit earlier, a bath a little bit earlier. So she's got lots of time with you to read a book and snuggle and cuddle before um, you leave the room. But I think this is just her way of trying to get a little bit more, in, uh, a little bit more mummy and me time. Um, so it's really good that everyone's following the same pattern of behavior, but maybe with you, she just needs everything to slow down a little bit more so that she feels like she's having more time with you. Mm. I think it's as, as simple and as complex as that, because it's so true, complex. It? It's very yeah. hard. It's so hard when you're doing shift work. Yeah. And, yeah. And she, she might not see you because of shift work for a day and then she she only gets a small glimpse of you so really difficult but slow it down spend more time a lot more cuddles and stories and I'm sure it'll turn itself around yeah the next question comes from John he says my three-month-old daughter absolutely hates bath time <laughs> and screams the house down every single time my wife and I are baffled as we had always heard that bath time is supposed to be a calming fun time for babies but the moment we place our daughter into the water, the crying begins and it doesn't stop until she's dry and warm again. We've tried everything to keep her warm and comfortable, using the heat lamps in the bathroom, a snuggly towel ready to go, perfectly warm water that's not too hot or cold. Is this normal? What can we do to make bath time a better experience? Can we skip it every so often to give us all a break? It's upsetting my wife particularly and she feels like a failure so I'm desperate for some advice to help my baby and my wife it's so stressful oh the poor thing so you're right usually by three months everybody's talking about how great it is and lovely and wonderful and it's a beautiful calming experience but for some reason for your daughter that's not happening so the first thing I do is take a break so when it gets too hard just take a break there's no use forcing it and then the second thing I do is switch up where you bath her so you might be doing this nice little evening routine that we talk lots about um, where the bath is involved but for her it's not working so she might be too tired by then and she might be too hungry by then so over the next couple of weeks what I would do is bath her randomly like in the middle of the day in the morning just after a feed um, when she's alert and awake and when you put her into the bath so you've got your nice warm bath and the room's warm when you put her into the bath I'm not sure how you do it now but I would sort of put her in in a seated position so she's starting to feel a bit more comfortable about it before you maybe lay her back and wash her um, the second thing is have lots of water in the bath so if she's only sitting in this much water, she would be too cold and, and she just will not like it. So using a lot more depth of water in the bath and sitting her comfortably with it, getting your hands on her and then laying her back so she can float around might help. And then my third suggestion is don't use the baby bath. So if you have a bath at home, uh, get your wife to sit in the bath and nice warm bath in the bathroom, nice warm bathroom and put her on your legs. And she might do better with that with a nice warm face washer over and just water running over and she might do better with that. So there are a few suggestions on what to do, but I would take a break. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My children still don't bathe every day. No. <laughs> 
shouldn't admit that on live on air. But anyway, they don't. Uh, this question comes from Luke. She says, I'm desperately in need of advice. My son just turned three a month ago. For the last four months, four months, he's been peeing in the potty and toilet, no problem. However, we just cannot get him to poo in the potty or toilet. He doesn't get upset, just holds his poo in whenever we try it and will only go if he's in pull-ups or his underwear. He doesn't tell me until he's already done the deed. I'm eight months pregnant and was really hoping to avoid two kids in nappies at once. But is that a pipe dream at this <laughs> late stage? We've tried a sticker chart reward system and it's not working. His doctor says it's pretty normal and not to worry. But is it really okay? How can we overcome this? Look, I think at eight months pregnant, I'll take a break. So, you know, take the pressure off yourself. Just when he asks for the nappy, just give him the nappy. He's not in nappies day and night. He's just in that nappy to do a, do a poop. Mm. So get him to ask you for it and then give it to him. Let him do the poop. Let's take the stress off it. Get your new baby, you know, healthy and well into this world and then wait six weeks and then restart again. So we're going to give him about six, eight, ten weeks of a break. So we're going to take all the pressure off him. We're not going to talk about it. Whenever he wants to do a poo, you hand him the, the or put on the pull-up and let him do it because otherwise the anxiety between you and him are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you know what happens when you, you push a child, they just push back again. Mm. Take a break. Next time we start, we're not going to even mention the word poop. We're just going to sit him on the toilet twice a day with his knees just slightly have slightly higher than his hips just to straighten him up straight on the toilet read a little book do it twice a day I'd probably say about 20 minutes after breakfast and 20 minutes after dinner and we're just going to sit there for the length of a book so not not overly long and weirdly as he's sitting up nice and straight you might find that he just starts doing the poo in the toilet and then we can start to grade that back into normal toileting behavior so at this point being eight months pregnant I would just step back and give it a break for a short period and then bring it back in when that little baby's about six to eight weeks old. Okay now we have a question from Helena she says Hi, Chris. I've been coast, we've been co-sleeping with my our 18-month-old for his whole life and have been pretty happy with it. But my husband and I are definitely ready to have our bed back. He's getting so big and keeps us awake as he kicks and squirms through the night and also helps himself to a breastfeed whenever he wants. Oh I've tried to feed him in his room for bedtime at 7 p.m. and put him in his cot, but he stands up and cries for us for ages. My husband and I try to resettle him in the cot, but he just refuses to calm down in there, even if we pick him up and cuddle slash calm him down and try again. We know this is not helping, but after up to two hours of trying, we eventually bring him into our bed so we can all get some sleep. His naps are also the same, so they are either in our bed or on the run in the car or pram. We've tried giving him a dummy for comfort, but he's not interested. He just wants mum's boobs. Mm. Can you help us with a plan to get started for transitioning him to his own bed? Wow. Okay. So where to start? I think we're going to have a nice long history, Helena, with little steps, little steps, little steps. So he's 18 months old. So the good thing is he does not need to be in a big boy's bed till he's two and a half or three. So just put that aside. And he's getting a few mixed messages. So sometimes he's in the car, sometimes he's uh, in a pram, sometimes he's in your bed. Well, he's always in his bed at night. And then 
out of the blue, he goes into the cot. So I think this is too much for him. So what I would do is I'd bring the cot next to dad's side of the bed because I'm assuming you want to cut down on your breastfeeding at night if you want him to be in the cot. So the first thing I do is put the cot next to dad's side of the bed. And that way, what we can do is give him some of the securities he knows, which is you being nearby, but putting him in the cot, which is where you want him to be. The second part of this is it can't be a maybe, it needs to be consistent till he learns it, and then you can get flexibility. So it does mean you need to commit to this for at least, I don't know, at an 18 month, at least two weeks, if not three weeks to get the idea. So each time you're going to take the cues that you do now, but he's going to lay in his cot and you're going to lay on the bed. So it gives him a very similar feel to what he knows. So you might at the moment put him in a sleep, or you probably don't put him in a sleeping bag because he's in between you, but I'd put him, um, I'd make a nighttime routine. So maybe read him a story, give him a cuddle, um, put him in the cot, draw the curtains and then lay down beside him on the bed and then when he stands up and he cries for you you can just reassure him from the bed so you can lay him down you can put your hand down on him you might be able to pat him depending on the size of your cot put your hand in there then withdraw it let him calm down do reassuring words like put your head down now mummy's beside you put your head down now daddy's beside you and, and also make sure that both of you are doing this so that we, he gets a message that we're all making this change. But you have to make it both day and night because otherwise he doesn't get enough experience to learn it. So I think the first step that I would think is a good step is getting him to accept to go to sleep in the cot with you around and then move it back to leaving the room, letting him try and self-settle, go back, lay him down, give him a pat and then doing that to teach him to go back to sleep. And then from there, you move him into his room if that's what you're looking for. So I think you have to take this in little tiny steps and that each of these steps could take him nearly three weeks to learn, but it's the consistency you give him and then you'll get him to the point of being in the cot. Yes, but it's a long road, isn't it? It is a long road. Yeah, he's 18 months old and he knows what he wants, but it's not impossible. Just give it little steps and I think you'll find you'll get there. Excellent. This question comes from Sky. She says, I am exclusively breastfeeding my 11-week-old daughter and ever since she was born, she's been a projectile vomiter oh. after almost every feed. I've asked our doctor and child health nurse about it, but they both say this is normal and that some babies just vomit a lot oh. and not to worry about it because Bub is putting on weight and settles and sleeps just fine and has plenty of wet nappies. It doesn't seem to worry my baby, but it does worry me. It seems like she throws up her entire feed sometimes and, oh, my God, the mess I have to constantly clean is really overwhelming. Is this really normal or is it an oversupply issue perhaps? And is there anything I can do to settle this down? That sounds tough. It does, does sound like um, it's an oversupply mm. issue. So um, when, when people say to us all the time, my baby vomits after a feed, the version of what a vomit is, is really different for everyone. So if there really are very big vomits, then I think you should build a little library of vomits in your 
in your phone nice. so that when you see the paediatrician or the early childhood sister, that you can actually visually show them what's going on. But in this case, what I would try is just feeding her on one side um, and seeing if that reduces the vomiting because I'm sure they would have already discussed with you you know reclining back so put her on the breast then reclining back so she's feeding uphill so she can control the feeding a little bit more and the other thing I would do is just feed her on one side so an 11 week old probably feeds randomly but probably feeds for 10 to 15 minutes on the first side and 10 minutes on the second, well, you'd probably do a 15-minute feed on one side and see if that reduces the vomiting without reducing her sleep value or her weight. So that's how I would start to see if we could control the vomiting. Okay. That does sound pretty full on every time. Every time. This is a question from Patricia on Facebook. She says, my granddaughter, age four, wakes up three to four times per night asking for a cuddle or wanting to change her clothes my goodness fashionista her mum is exhausted what can we do there I just would never change her clothes that would be the first thing I would do um uh I think this sounds more like habit she's into the habit of waking up and doesn't realize how she has to go back to sleep so the first thing I'd do is tell her what we want her to do So sit her down and say, okay, we are not changing clothes at night and we are not going to whatever, get a cuddle or whatever. Although the cuddle I don't think is unreasonable. Um, It depends whether she's walking to her mum or whether she's crying for her mum and her mum goes in and gives her a cuddle. So the first thing is I'd tell her we're not going to do that anymore. It's amazing how four-year-olds can actually play the game once we tell them. And then the second thing is we need to give her some incentive to stay in a room or to stay asleep. And so very simple star chart. I don't use food rewards, so I'd be doing something like if you can stay in your bed for four nights, then we'll go and have our fingernails done together or we'll go out to breakfast together or something like that. Um, so in this case, I don't think it's unusual that she wakes once a night for a cuddle, but it sounds like she's wide awake if she's wanting to change her clothes. So Mm. the second thing I would make sure is I'd make sure that she's not having a sleep in the day, because if she's up that many times, she could be falling asleep in the day. And that's what's giving her the energy to stay up at night. So I'd make sure she's not sleeping in the day to help you. And then if she wakes up, um, I just go to a door and say, you need to either get back in your bed if she's got out of a bed. Um, and once she's back in her bed, I would just go over, give her some reassurance, a few little rubs, pat, time for sleep, a kiss and walk out and see if we can teach her to go back to sleep in her bed. So in this case, I suspect she's taken a bit of a sleep in the day, even if it's 10 or 20 minutes, and that isn't helping her behaviour at night. Mm. Well, I hope your um, daughter gets some sleep. Aren't you a nice mum, Patricia, mm-hmm. writing yeah. in for your daughter? Yes, she's hopefully the mum's on the lounge yeah, having yeah. a nap now. <laughs> she's been up that many times. Yeah. Okay, we've probably got time for just one last question. This is from Mandy. She says, my daughter turned three a few weeks ago and for the past month or so has started to have really big tantrums where nothing can calm her down it's mostly when she's tired and when we're helping her with things like getting dressed having a bath or bucket buckling her into her car seat 
We'd consider this normal for her age, except she's also begun waking up through the night and refusing to self-settle. Previously, she's been a dream sleeper at night since she was about 12 months old. These night wakings can turn into a huge tantrum and if we don't hold her or lie with her in her bed till she's asleep again, the crying and yelling um, can yelling out can go on hour after for over an hour she still has a one to one and a half hour daytime nap most days it doesn't seem to matter if she skips it or not the night waking still happens she also goes to daycare three days a week again this doesn't seem to coincide with the tantrums or sleep issues as they happen most days and nights regardless bedtime is 7 p.m and her night wakes seem to happen around midnight each night what has happened to my previously happy, well-rested girl? You need to stop her day sleep is the first thing. Mm-hmm. So she's having far too much sleep in the day for a three-year-old with those things going on. So if she was sleeping through the night and having an hour and a half sleep in the day, totally agree. But the fact that she's having an hour to an hour and a half in the day and she's up night waking, what the night wakings are doing are making her overtired in the day. So it's one of those terrible things where you're not sure which one to pull apart to get it to work. So we know that the tantrums are because of the overtiredness. The overtiredness is because of the night waking. And so therefore you give her a day sleep thinking she needs it because of the night waking, but actually it's feeding the night waking. So what we have to do is reduce the sleep slowly so that it starts to change her behavior. So you're right, the tantrums are completely normal. They're out of control because she's overtired. She's overtired because she's taking a day sleep and getting up at night. So the first thing I would do for the next four or five days is only give her a one hour sleep, say between one and two, and then she goes to bed five and a half hours later. So a sleep between one and two and down at 7.30. And we're really going to regulate it for her. So down at 7.30, And it doesn't matter whether she's had 20 minutes sleep in that window or an hour sleep in that window. Then after a week, we're going to drop that day sleep to about 20 minutes in the car or in a pram. So it's a much lighter, more like a nap, and then put her down between 7 and 7.30. And the first week where you give her no sleep in the day, you're going to put it down down again again between 7 and 7.30, but it'll probably be a bit closer to 7. And each time you tip that a little bit, her behaviour should get better and better. So again, I wouldn't go from that sleep to no sleep. I'd wean it down. It has to be consistent everywhere. So daycare have to follow you. You have to follow. And I'm sure within a week or two, those tantrums will be less intense or less of them. And it'll slowly turn around and her night sleeping will get better and therefore her days will get better. What a nice way to end our chat today. Thank you so much for coming in, Chris. Oh, it's a pleasure. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to ask Chris your question, she is one of our experts on Babyology's Parent School. There'll be notes in the links of this episode and also below the Facebook Live if you'd like to book a one-on-one session with Chris and then you can have a proper consultation with each other. And if that's not for you, if you're keen to join us again, there'll be another expert answering questions next week. Chris, thank you once more for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.